Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, Lord, that it is Family Sunday. Lord, thank you for this time that we set aside each month, God, to bring all generations together. Father, we love you, we thank you, we praise you for what you are about to do in this room today through every person, God. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Family Sunday and Sports Sunday, I mean, come on, does it get any better than that? My two favorite things in the world, family and sports. I love that. That is awesome stuff, right? Good stuff. So let's be excited this morning. Listen, I'm tired. Brian's tired. The Fergusons, I know they're tired. We all, pastors, they're tired. We did a nice long road trip. But it's all right. It's all right. You know, because I can say it. I don't care how tired we are. We'll show up to the game and act fools. I do. Trust me. Pastor Amanda has video on her phone of me acting a fool at games. It's okay. But, but, why do we come into church and be reserved? Why? I mean, you know, and, and I'll be honest, you know, back in the day, that used to bother me all the time. You know, the phrase, you know, if you can get up and shout for the three-point, why can't you shout in church? And that used to really annoy me in church for some reason. It's different. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. If you can be crazy for a football game like I am, then I should be able to be crazy and shout in church. Truthfully. Truthfully. And that is not an accusation. That is not me sitting here trying to condemn. It's not. It was honestly a revelation that hit me. It was like, man, you know what? That honestly is truth. Why am I getting upset about a pastor saying that? Forgive me, Lord. There's nothing to do about what we're teaching about this morning. You're welcome. All right. Here we go, Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three, and then if you want to look forward, we'll be going into 1 John 5. Genesis chapter three. Elder Jeff and myself have been hammering home a point, a very significant point in Sunday school. And that point is, it is up to you and it is up to me to know the word of God for ourselves. It is not up to us to come into church, sit here, expect to be fed, make the pastor do all the work, and then wonder why when we're living out our lives that we fail. Because it is up to you and me to do our job, to study, to show ourselves approved. And that's not popular teaching today. Let's be honest, it's not. Because it's like in the Catholic Church, the priests want all the power. They hold the word. They're the ones telling you what the word says. They don't want you to know the word because in that case, they hold the power. And guess what? Modern day churches... Non-denominational, across all denominations, there are those who want to hold you captive and to tell you what to think, but the fact is God has given us his word for us to know the truth for ourselves, for ourselves. In Genesis 3, verse 1, it says this, now the serpent was the more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, 
Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, that's a key point, I don't have time to go to that today, but it says, with her. Adam wasn't on the other side of the garden, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, it's not just your fault. Thank you. I'll say it again. Ladies, it's not just your fault. Amen. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So in this passage, there are several components regarding disobedience to the Word of God, the fall of man, and the reality of the devil, the serpent of old, as Revelation says. And at this turning point of human history, we learn important facts about human nature, the reality of evil. And here's the key phrase, the results of disobeying the word of God, the results of it, right? Blessings, cursings, the results of disobeying. First, we discover that there is a real evil force in this world that had a specific agenda in tempting Adam and Eve to sin. Satan maneuvered for the ultimate power play, the dominion of humankind, a tactic that proved successful when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's word. Genesis 3, we have established one thing already. We haven't really gotten good into the Bible yet, and we see what? Disobeying of God's word. Disobeying of God's word. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe my feeler's off, but I, I, I'm feeling right now like, why are we still talking about Adam and Eve? I'm getting this feeling. So I'm just going to go with this for a second. The reason we're still talking about Adam and Eve is because a lot of people look at it as, well, this is just basic elementary Bible story. No, it's not. This is the foundation of the fall of man. And how are you supposed to understand how to fight? How are you supposed to deal with all this if you don't even if you don't even recognize the foundation of the fall of man and what caused it, and really dig into it. Elder Jeff, a few weeks ago, pointed out a, 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 a part in Scripture that had both jumped out, that jumped out to both of us, where the Trinity is first mentioned in Genesis. If you weren't here for that, go back and listen to the podcast. Mind blown. Foundation, it starts in Genesis. That's why we're hammering on this foundation. But God has enabled his people to walk free of Satan. 
of his successful schemes to twist and manipulate us and the word of God. In Revelation 12, 11, it says this, and they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. In other words, it is through our faith and obedience to the word of God that we gain power to overcome Satan. If you go to 1 John 5, quickly, 1 John 5, verses 3 through 5, it says this. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world out, I mean, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. It's, very, it's a very, very, very simple concept. Obedience to the word of God enables us to overcome. Disobedience to the word of God allows Satan to overcome us. There is no gray area, okay? There is no gray area there. It's either one or the other. There's no gray area. We also discover in the exchange between Satan and Eve that Satan twists lies about God's word. The apostle John referred to Satan as the father of lies. Our enemy will continue as he has began and he will always cause us to deny, disbelieve, or distort the word of God. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, again, why are we hammering it? Know the word, know the word, know the word. Because as I taught two weeks ago, the devil knows the word probably just as good, if not better, than most everyone sitting in this room. He knows the word. He knows how to take the word and turn it just ever so slightly to say, did God really say? I mean, Satan was brave enough to look at Jesus in the eyes and say, but your word says that I'm not going to let anything or you won't be able to dash. I'm just using John 20, 22 version. Please forgive me. You're not going to dash your foot against a rock. Satan took the word of God and even tried to twist it against Jesus. But what did Jesus say with confidence? It is written with confidence. So when the devil comes at you, you need to be able with confidence, knowing the word of God, say, devil, it is written no, sir, not today, Satan, as we see the shirts and everything around. But you can't say with confidence, not today, Satan, unless you can back it up with the word. You can't. Now we're really going to get into what I want to talk about. Immediately. Isn't that funny? That word's in the Bible a lot. Immediately, isn't it? Now, this is in our, our book on page 26, behind the scenes here. It says immediately, 
immediately happens for the good, healing, things such as that. Immediately, the man was healed. Immediately, Lazarus came from the grave. But also, when there's sin, there's immediately as well. Not every time, but there's also where sin is concerned and immediately as well. Immediately after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, their spirit, their spiritual natures were short-circuited, is what the book says. Eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a total change produced, a total change in their consciousness. Adam and Eve who had walked, listen, listen closer to this. Adam and Eve who had walked in complete peace and joy in the presence of God now felt an intense separation from him. For the first time, fear entered their minds and hearts. Their innocence was lost and they knew they were naked. Not just physically, but spiritually. Their immediate response was to attempt to cover their nakedness through their own effort. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'll raise my hand because I will say, how many times have I failed and sinned and instantly felt the fear? The shame, instantly, immediately. That that paragraph, I dare say we've all felt that. You were going along, you were living in the peace and the abundance of God, and then Satan comes in, you mess up, and then all of a sudden, ooh, the peace is gone. Husbands, cheat on your wives and all of a sudden that peace is gone. Wives, cheat on your husband and all of a sudden that peace is gone. And then what did they do? What do we do as humans? We try to go get a fig leaf and sew it together to cover up on our own. Because we're ashamed. So I went and looked up what fig leaves look like. They're not like those elephant ear leaves. They're small. They're small. And the amount of effort that it would have to have taken and the amount of effort to collect all of these fig leaves to try to stitch together just to cover their nakedness, that amount of effort in hiding what they knew they did was wrong. How many times do we do that? How many times? How many times do you mess up? How many times do you look at the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, act the wrong way, and instead of just kneeling and asking forgiveness, do you put more effort into going and try to collect fig leaves to sew together to cover up your nakedness? The sad thing is we do that more than just saying, God, here it is, forgive me. 
When Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord walking, their hearts no longer rejoiced. Instead, they felt both fear and shame. Their supernatural relationship with God had become polluted and fearful, so they attempted to hide their nakedness with the fig leaves. But this effort towards self-covering was ridiculous because they were not just naked physically, but they were naked spiritually. When God asked them, who told you you were naked? He did not have to be told they had eaten the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The very atmosphere of the Garden of Eden had changed. God instantly knew when they had eaten of the fruit because he could not, because he could sense the separation of Adam and Eve from his intimate presence. And he understood the devastating destruction that sin would bring about. We sin. And when we sin, it is not God who moves away from us, but it is us who moves away from God. When we sin, it is not God who removes his hand of protection off of us, but it is us who have willingly stepped outside of the protection of God. This is one of the biggest misconceptions in the church. This is it. God didn't move. God didn't remove protection. We did. We did. We were the ones who sinned and stepped outside of grace. And when things happen like that, there are consequences. That is not popularly taught. I got that right today. Because it's all about grace, grace. And there is grace to be had. But there is consequences for sin. There is consequences. I don't like it. But it's my fault. It was my fault. I don't like getting a speeding ticket but I was gone 85 or whatever in the 70. It's my fault. If you were raised like me, I was raised, <laughs> I was raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Not fear, respect, right? No, I was raised in the fear of the Lord. I was raised, <laughs> basically, if I did something wrong, God was sitting there on his throne with a lightning bolt just waiting. Pow, gotcha. Told you not to do that. That's how I was raised. I guess some of it was good because it kept me out of some trouble. <laughs> but like Eve, there was a time when I was out playing war with my buddies. We's out there running around acting fools around the neighborhood. Pew, 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 pew. You know, we're doing our thing. And of course, one of those things where, hey, if you cuss, you're going to hell. Well, I was out there playing war. I said a cuss word. <gasps> oh, I ain't dead. I said another one. 
And by cracky buddy, I just started throwing them down. Didn't know what I was doing. Funny story. And it's the true story. But I didn't die. What did Satan say to Eve? If you eat, you shall not surely die. Same thing. But from that birth sin in my life, from that birth, man, I had a problem with not cussing when I got mad or when things happened. That I'm still 44 years old and I bust my thumb and the first thing I want to do is say something stupid. It brought forth sin. It birthed. No, I didn't surely die in that moment. But the Bible says when sin is mature, what happened? It brings forth death. Facts are this, our willingness to sin and following through with that sin, by doing that, we remove ourselves outside of God's protection, which in turn opens us up to the consequences of sin, which could be a lack of peace and joy, business, deal, business deals gone bad, sickness and death, all that is what Satan wants for you. He wants the bad. And these are not things that God wants for you because of our selfish nature. God has, but, but I'm sorry, but because of our selfish nature, God gets all the blame for our own self-inflicted wounds. Tara and I were talking about this today. <laughs> self-inflicted wounds. And we have the arrogance to blame God. We have the arrogance to blame God. You, no, he didn't. He didn't. Say, John, how can you prove it? Cool, like that. Go to John 10, 10. Go to John 10, 10. This is how I prove it. And the cool thing is, it's written in red. Hey, Jesus said it. And Jesus said, the thief, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they, you, may have life and that they, you, may have it more abundantly. But our first reactions are, God, why have you forsaken me? Why is it so easy to remember that scripture? Why? Why do we want to remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and say, Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But yet we take that scripture out of context because we were the ones who did something wrong and say, God, why have you forsaken me? See how the devil can take the word and manipulate you in your own life without you even realizing it? Power of life and death is what? In the tongue. In the tongue. Misquoting scripture is not bringing life into your life. Again, I'm gonna go back to Revelation 22, last chapter of the entire Bible. 
Last few scriptures. Warning. Warning. Don't change a word. Do not take out of context a word written in this book. Because when you do, plagues and curses will be put at your feet. And if you continue to do so, your name will not be in the book of life. It's in the word. And I've said it the past three times I've teached. It's in the word. Warning. So John, what are you getting to? I'm getting to this, y'all. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can have life and life more abundantly. How do we get there? It's not by being lazy and coming into church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night expecting to be spoon-fed and then expecting that to get you through. It's not going to. I tried it for years. Didn't work. Tried, failed. But now, studying to show myself approved, have I arrived? No. Pastor Amanda preached it so eloquently that blew my mind. We are being saved unto death. Being saved unto death. We need to constantly learn until the day we die or raptured. Constantly reading. Elder Jeff and I had discussed, this is the living word of God. Breathing word of God. That is why you can read a scripture a thousand times and a thousand times it says something different to you. Because it is a living, breathing word of God. That's why it's up to us to study to show ourselves approved. And we have no excuse. We don't. We don't. And I'm begging. Trust me, I'm not saying this from a point of do as I say, not as I do. I'm learning this as well. I'm learning this as well. I don't care if you have been in the church since you were nine months before you were born and you're 100 years old now and you've read the scripture 100 times cover to cover. You still got something to learn. We all still have something to learn. All of us. And it's up to us to do that. I'm begging in today's day and time, it is even more manipulated. The word of God is even more and more manipulated. The word of God is just twisted just enough to say, one little sliver of doubt, one. One little sliver of doubt can wreck the whole thing. I gotta go, but I'll say this. One sliver of doubt will wreck the whole thing. I was driving south of Nashville. I was taking a bus down to a mechanic shop. When I came around the exit ramp, I looked over and I saw a church sitting over here on, on the hill and it had the pride flag of, of everything. Transgender, all that flag. And it said, all is welcome here. How do we get to that point? To where sin is okay and swept under the rug? Because the word of taking the word of God out of context slightly. 
which opens up a gaping hole. A gaping hole. Study to show yourself approved. Know why you believe what you believe. And I know, I hope y'all aren't sick of hearing me say it, but it is so important. It is so important. Today's day and time, it is so important. As we've taught, as we've heard declared, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. The attacks of, devil, of the devil are, ra- oh, I can't talk, are ratcheting up. Why? He knows its end. He knows the ending is here, the ending is near. So it's up to us to make sure we know why we believe what we believe. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this time of teaching. Thank you, God, Lord, for showing us in your word, God, how much you love us. Thank you, God, Lord, that your word is a living, breathing testimony. God, I pray that you will give us the courage, the strength to read this word, God, to find out the truth for ourselves. God, I love you and I thank you, Father, and I praise your holy name. Thank you for this day. Father, I pray an anointing, a Holy Ghost power to come over this place today. Father, I pray, God, that we will see your miracles, signs, and wonders. I pray, Father, God, that you will get the glory from everything that is said and done here today. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen.